Thank you, Jesus. I thought I was in Brazil, but I'm back now. I'm back. <laughs> How are we all today? We're good? How much did you miss the Bible studies? Yes. How many people are holding on by a whisker? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I prayed for the church a couple of times when I was there. And I said, Lord, we come to Brazil. We come to Brazil to feed your people here. Please look after the church here, which is your body. So I did pray for you three or four times but we had so much work there we didn't have time to sleep but today uh, the work's come here now so we're here with you today open your hearts God will speak to each one today Amen Amen okay let's get started I'd like to thank everyone for coming <clears throat> out of their way uh, we're hungry and the most important thing today <clears throat> that I shared about, everyone can hear me, right? Yes. Loud and clear? Yes. Everyone online can hear me before I start? Because we had some complaints last week. So everyone can hear me before I start? Because I don't want one word to be lost today. Yes, good? Yep. I can't hear myself. It's probably better. When you lose your voice, the Holy Spirit can speak, amen? Especially your opinion. <laughs> so I shared about having one foot back, having one foot forward. The Bible is clear. What happened to Lot's wife when God was destroying Sodom, he warned no one to look back. The Holy Spirit today warns us not to look back on our past or become a pillar of salt no value to God Jesus says the one who turns back or looks back is not worthy of me why? because Jesus paid the very price that allows your past to be eliminated so today receive that victory that your past is eliminated even your thoughts, even your emotions even your family tree. You have a new tree, Jesus at the cross. That's what you inherit today. Okay. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I had probably around 500 responses on our page about what is the final result of God's love. <laughs> so whoever wants to be added to the signal page, um, uh, who do we speak to? Speak to my sister Rebecca in the back there, um, or Chris, who else looks after the page? Yeah, my sister Rebecca, if you want to be added to the signal page. A lot doesn't happen there, it mostly happens here, but I've, for the first time I said I'll ask a question, that opened up <laughs> 500 responses. They said every word in the Bible. Someone, Tony said, Pastor Tony said, someone has to get it right. They've said every word. 
<laughs> so the Holy Spirit told me after I got back from Brazil, he said, what is the final result of God's love? Can anyone guess? <laughs> the final result of God's love is loyalty. And the Holy Spirit said to me that God's greatest loyalty transformed Peter's disloyalty. Because Peter promised that he was loyal. Not only him, all the disciples said we won't turn back either. So it wasn't only Peter. It was all of them. And Jesus', Jesus greatest love was to restore someone's disloyalty. But some, we're going to go one step deeper. Who likes to go deeper? Now, I, I, never, I never start from blessings down. I start from the, the pits of hell up. I never start from the blessings down because no one gets there right away. We start from a place of darkness, right? So the Holy Spirit said to me, do you want to know where disloyalty begins? And he showed me the three levels of where we are attacked. But let me just get this off my chest. He said to me that disloyalty is birthed by offense. And there are three areas that we can be offended in our Christian walk. Number one, we can be offended at God. Number two, we can be offended at people. And number three, we can be offended at the... How can I say it? We can be offended at the process. Because the Bible says God disciplines those he loves. The Bible says, don't feel discouraged when God says no to you. And the Holy Spirit wants me to hit home in this one especially. That we can be offended at the process that God takes us through to get us to where he wants us to be. How many people are uh, offended at that? <clears throat> where indirectly you stop serving God. Someone, asks, someone would say, uh, I've stopped following Christ. or I've stopped the true process of God. And truth be told, there is a form of offense in your heart. One doesn't let go of Christ for no reason. Right? Yes? Yeah. We, we let go naturally from being disloyal, but before you're disloyal, you're offended. That allows you to be disloyal. And how many people are a victim of that? You don't let go of Christ for no reason. He's the truth. But when you're offended, well, when you're offended at God, I'll show you the scriptures, when you're offended at your brothers and sisters and people in this world, when you're offended at the process. It didn't go the way I wanted it to be. You know what? I believe in Jesus, but I'm not going to walk in how I normally walk. How many people are doing this? Holy Spirit gave me instructions to preach this. 
I pray you know that it's the Holy Spirit because God wants us to move forward. Even you, the process, you're waiting for healing, you're waiting for breakthroughs, you're waiting for results, and you're offended at that. It didn't come yet. You know, our flesh, our flesh is very uh, controlling. I'll, I'll number it down a little bit. Very controlling, especially when we don't get what we want. I'll show you something. I promise, I said I'm going to take it easy on the people first week back. <laughs> Holy Spirit, does it let me? Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Verse 10 to 12, I'm going to show you an amazing pattern in how Jesus taught, showing you what births offense and what happens after that. Who wants to know? <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit really, really ramped up, really ramped me up to, to really share about how many believers today are offended at the process. He really, really uh, struck so many strings in my heart to bring this to you. Where indirectly we don't get it. one indirectly we don't commit to the process. Now look at this. I'm going to show you four patterns where the Holy Spirit led me. And like I said, I don't go on Google. I don't go on YouTube. I don't look for sermons. The greatest way you can honor the Holy Spirit in any level that you are in your journey is hell. Is letting Him actually be your teacher. Now, I spent months and years hearing nothing, seeing nothing. But I said, Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me because he is the teacher. And today, so many people on YouTube, uh, mimicking people on YouTube, mimicking other ministers, mimicking other churches. Listen, it's not going to happen here. If you want to honor Jesus, the greatest way you can honor Jesus is by honoring the Holy Spirit who is inside of you. And understanding where you, where you are in your journey takes you away from the platform, the microphone, what you can do for Christ, allows you to come to a place where He can actually begin to work with you. It's the truth. The greatest asset for me, I, won't, I shouldn't say it like that, the greatest person, not only the asset, is the Holy Spirit. Because He speaks to me. He tells me what I need. He knows the level of faith that I am. He discovers the condition of my heart. He, he, he covers everything. But if you don't know him, you will struggle. That's why so many people on YouTube today, they get a word just to make them feel good, never having a deep relationship with him. So in this ministry, by the grace of God, I'm going to teach you how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The most neglected person that I said in Brazil, most neglected most neglected person, God. He's God inside of you. He has a voice. He has a way to communicate with you. Now look at this here. <clears throat> and then many, he's talking about persecution before. But I don't want to really preach about that. I want to show you the pattern of what happens from offense. Are you ready? 
You know why? Because Satan wiped, has wiped out many upcoming men and women of God. He's wiped out babes. He's wiped out people on middle ground. He's wiped out people that are high in the Lord. He's wiped out nearly every area of a believer because of offense. So many people are ineffective today because offense has creeped in. The doorway of isolation is offense. You isolate yourself because of offense. And it's the, such an easy, easy tool from the enemy to attack God's people today. We are so easily offended today, it's beyond. It's beyond me how many people are, are subject to offense and so sensitive. <clears throat> it says, and then many will be offended. Number one, what's the door? Offense. Then, then you would betray one another. I always wondered, so many people walked out of this place. So many people attacked me before. I always wondered, why did I actually do that? If the love of Christ is actually their motivation. And he showed me offense. And offense not being dealt with in the, in the way through the scriptures and what Jesus says, you'll fall. Now look at this here. Many will be offended. Number one, who's speaking here? Jesus. Number two, then they will betray one another. Number three, then they will hate one another. Next one, please. Then many people will preach out of offense. Many, will, many people will preach out of deception. They'll preach out of their soulish, hidden agenda. But what's the door? How, how is false prophets actually birthed? That very first one. Offense. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many from that deception of not dealing with it in the beginning. Now anyone who's been offended here or is operating in offense, you have hope. I'll teach you later how to get out of it. But let's first deal with your heart today. Now some people are smiling at me. <laughs> like I wasn't going to come bring the violin. and <laughs> No violin today. The Bible says his word is like a hammer. I wanted to bring the violin, but it's maybe when I start to pray for people. <laughs> then many false prophets, what births a false prophet? Offense. They preach out of witchcraft. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to go there. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. The final destination. Next one. And because of that, they will grow cold. So offense takes you through one vicious pattern. Can you see anyone? The vicious pattern that makes you ultimately grow cold. Well, and someone will think, how did I become cold? Someone will think, how did I become like this? I love Jesus. Why am I cold inside? 
if you don't watch your heart and watch the scriptures very carefully, you'll be a victim of this. And like I said, you may not be offended at God, but you can be offended at the process that He's taking you through. Why does it have to be like this? Why should it be like this? The greatest platform God... I, I used to have like 50, 60 people listening to me preach to having 20,000 in a matter of two weeks through persecution. And the Bible says that your enemy is your promoter. If you keep your heart right. The Holy Spirit said that your enemy is your promoter. Imagine hearing that, everyone's trying to come and kill you. <laughs> enemy is your promoter. <clears throat> okay, now. Now, let's look at some facts. The word offended comes from the strongs, whoever is following. <clears throat> and like I said, they're going to be, Anton looks after, the, he sent his word page. He will upload all the information with the strongs. So the strongs is the Greek concordance from the scriptures translated in the Greek. Very accurate. So pay attention here. If you're a person who's naturally offended and always offended, you're in, you're in trouble. It's a massive problem. Sorry to burst your bubble. It's a very big problem. Because I'll show you what happened to John the Baptist. I'll show you what Jesus said here. Slowly, slowly. The word offended comes from the Strong's 4624. The word is scandalizo. Scandalizo. Yeah, sounds alright. So uh, let's have a go. The first translation to the Greek word of offense means to entrap you. Trap. To put a trap. <clears throat> so, to entrap you. Offense is the trigger where the, bait, where the Satan's bait is placed. Now, offense can go both ways. You can deal with it. I'll show you later how to deal with it. Or you can take the bait. Now, like I said, it attacks three areas. God, people, church, and your process. <coughs> the second word is to trip you. Now, there's, there's, there's a lot of definitions here. Please pay attention, please. The second one is to trip you. The third one is to make you stumble, to entice you to sin and lead others to sin. This is a big one now here, this one here. This is from the Greek. To cause you to fall away. Offense causes you to judge unfavorably or unjustly of another. Now, 
Let's go deeper. Offense causes a person to begin to distrust and desert the one whom we are to obey and trust. Please listen to this one. Offense, regarding to God, causes a person to begin to distrust and desert the one whom we ought to obey and trust. Wow. Being offended at God will hinder you and disapprove you from acknowledging His authority over your life. Offense also defines as apostasy. Apostasy means an act of refusing to continue to follow and obey God. All from offense. So naturally, when you're offended, a person will distrust and desert God. Deeper than that, apostasy comes, though you are still believing in a name, you refuse to follow and obey Him. Apostasy also means to abandon the faith. All from offense. Now, this is interesting. That the Holy Spirit told me that the greatest level of love is loyalty. Now, look at this here. Apostasy defines abandonment of a previous loyalty. Apostasy means an abandonment of a previous loyalty. So everyone starts strong in the Lord. Everyone is fully dedicated. Everyone is fully committed. But when offense comes and then apostasy naturally creeps in, your loyalty begins to be hindered. Do we understand that? You know, everyone's like this. You know, it's not right. I've just got to look after myself and do what's best for me. This is how apostasy begins. One of the main areas of offense it comes from persecution. And like I said, you'll be hated, unfortunately. It's a hard truth we have to understand. When you preach light, you'll be hated by your family, you're hated by your relatives, or I'll talk for myself. You'll be hated by your family, your relatives, the people around you, everywhere. I got attacked everywhere. And very easily I could have fell into the place of being offended. And what a trap, what an easy tool for the enemy to destroy people. Offense. Now, we go a bit deeper. Offense causes someone to feel displeased. Offense causes indignant, meaning resentful, disturbed, dissatisfied, hurt, irritated, angry, unhappy, annoyed, upset, and discontent. Now, let's share this here. We go to Matthew Chapter 3, verse 13 and 16. Now, are you offended at God? John the Baptist, John the Baptist heard the voice come from heaven. 
this is, this is my son whom I'm well pleased with. He heard that voice saying, this is my son. He baptized him. He said, you need to baptize me. Then John said, for all, Jesus said, for all righteous to be uh, made known, you must baptize me. So he baptized him. But it's very interesting. You read eight chapters down, John the Baptist is in jail, and he's sending two disciples to Jesus, asking if he's the one to come. But, but he heard the voice from heaven. Is that a contradiction? It's not a contradiction. It shows you the power of offense. The power of offense. And what it actually does to your spirit when you let it uh, filter through you. Is that a contradiction? It's not a contradiction. Jesus corrected him, thank God. <clears throat> so I'll quickly read it. Eight chapters down in 11, he's asking if, if he's the one to come. When he said his sandals are not worthy to un unloose. Offense is not to be taken lightly. You are to deal with it right away because it will cut you so quick off Christ and destroy you in every aspect of your journey. So let's read it quickly. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Uh, we'll, go to, we'll go to now... And, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. So we'll stop there. We'll go to the next one now. Matthew 11, quickly, please. Do you pay the internet bill or? I'm only joking, I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, Pastor Tony, in Brazil, the, we're in the country and they had better internet, yeah? So Australia's back, they're backwards. Australia's backwards. Joe said, no offense. No offense. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his twelve disciples that he departed from them, departed from there to teach and to preach to their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he's in prison now. He sent two of his disciples. Isn't that interesting? Can we just go back? Isn't that interesting when that lady, when that lady asked Jesus about the two disciples? Let one sit at your left, let one sit at your right. When they, whenever there's an there's analogy like that, it's evil. You understand? 
Some people understand it. So whenever there's analogies, when they said, I, have, uh, I asked for this permission for two of my sons, one to sit at your right, one to sit at your left, there are analogies where the enemy is inside of that lesson there. Okay, the enemy is working here. But I'll explain it another day. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Now there's a pattern in the New Testament. Whenever two is, is, is speaking or being represented, it's evil. Uh, next one. And said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Isn't it interesting that they always they, they, they mock his deity. They, they mock his title. But that's what offense does. It allows you to forget so quickly who Christ is. Offense allows you to forget who Christ is and everything he's done in your life. I have people that left the ministry because of offense or issues with people here. They forget who they are. They have forgotten who they are in Christ. And everything that Christ has done because of one disease, one cancer that kills people so quick, offense. And said to him, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Now you've got to read it in context, remember. Next one. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not. Blessed is the one. Now, like I said, the offense comes in three plagues. Three plagues. You can be offended at God. You can be offended at people outside in this world. The ones who hate you, the ones who persecute, persecute you. And you can be offended with the church and the people in the church. Which is something that I have to go through every week with people. Please, 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 please. <laughs> And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He's talking about John. He says, go tell him what you see. <clears throat> from hearing the voice from heaven, from not knowing who he is, and everything he done for him. Well, isn't that a lesson? Like I said, there are some things... The, the Bible says you've become dull of hearing or your heart's become hard. That word there, it's decay. It's a slow process where you slowly get cut off Christ. Offense, you get cut off so quick. Why? John lost his head. His head got cut off. He lost his head where Christ wasn't his head anymore. And I'll show you a treasure. He lost his head so quick. So let's go to the next one. So, so hang on a second before I go to the next one. I'll just read what I wrote. 
I wrote it in detail. I took my time, but I like to read it. <clears throat> Offense allows you to forget who Jesus is and all that he's done in your life. Jesus... Are you offended at Jesus because of your situation? Are you offended at Jesus because of your circumstance? Are you offended at Jesus because of your trials and your hardships? Are you offended at Jesus because he hasn't answered you yet? Are you offended at Jesus because your breakthrough hasn't come yet? Are you offended at Jesus because your miracle hasn't come yet? Are you offended at Jesus because your healing hasn't come yet? Are you offended at Jesus because your life didn't plan out the way you wanted it to? A very big one, that one. Very big one. Offense creates disappointment. Are you offended at Jesus because of the process that he is taking you through? Well, in Brazil they say, well, <laughs> but not here. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> what did I start? What did I actually start? An honest question you must ask yourself. Now, the Holy Spirit will take you, if, if it is genuine, to all the times that this has happened to you where it's been a slow build-up where indirectly, unfortunately, you've become offended at Jesus. I can't tell you all the hits and blows that I went through and all uh, the punching bag that Satan put me through. Very easily, I could have thought that it's Jesus doing that to me, but it was Satan himself. He doesn't tempt anyone with evil. He only has plans prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope in the future. So the way that he's addressing us now is very healthy for us to get out and also very healthy that we don't fall into offense. <coughs> it's a very big one, these two. Are you offended at Jesus because your life didn't plan out the way that you planned it? I learned to walk with God. He does my planning. The moment that you build a thought in your mind, this is what God's going to do through me, and this is how I'm going to represent Jesus, you're in trouble. <coughs> you know, the hype. I meet so many people, the hype, and this is what I'm doing for the Lord. It lasts it last a little while. If that, until he starts to really put, put the magnifying glass on your heart. I said something in Brazil that shook them. I said, the first time I came, I said, well, well, look what God's doing through me. I said, now look what God's done inside of me. I said, my greatest boasting is the work that God's done in my heart. Because that allows anything that, that is from God to fall, to be prosperous. Because the flesh is not in the way anymore. Now, this message is to actually free you. 
But how can you be free from something that you're not aware of? I always say it. How can you be free from something you can't actually see? So, there are some things where you become dull of hearing or hardness of heart. It's a slow decay. It's a slow declining where slowly you become contaminated or polluted. A fence cuts you off so quick. You see the balance in the scriptures? There are some things that slowly poisons you, slowly rots. There are some things that cuts you off so quick. And John lost his head because of a fence where Christ couldn't be his head anymore because offense entered and destroyed him. Now, let's go to the second one. Now, now offense, offense most of the time, you'll see it through you being offended at people. So if you're a person who has an has, has issue in their heart, Naturally, it will show, not, what you, not between you and God, it will show with the people, family members. Let's not talk about our traditions. <coughs> but offense would show, most, most of its fruits will show between the people outside and the people in the church. Or say for the ones who don't come to the church, the people outside. So let's have a look here. I wrote here the church is suffering because of a disease called offense. Now let's read Matthew 18, verse 6 to 9. The Holy Spirit spoke to me here. I'll share it with you. show you something the Holy Spirit spoke to me about. Praise the Lord. <coughs> now, <coughs> whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Wow. Who is Jesus speaking about? Who is Jesus actually speaking about? The Holy Spirit told me. He's speaking about Jonah. Jonah was offended at God because the Ninevites, he didn't want them to repent and get saved. He wanted to see them destroyed. So that offense allowed him to get thrown into the water because he ran away from God's purpose to actually free those people. Who got that? Yes, no? Yes, no? So Jesus doesn't give an analogy without, it's called the first law of mention. It's mentioned in the Old Testament. So Jesus always speaks like that. The first law of mention, then he brings it in the new. Paul done the same thing. Spoke something from the old, brought it into the new. It's something that I learned early, early in my journey. So here, he's talking about offense. And what does it do? It's like an anchor that takes you so quick into hell. Because where was Jonah? 
three days. Yeah? Jesus had to go and restore him. Jesus had to go and get him. They say it's symbolic of Jesus. There is some principles there, but we're really dealing with offense. Jonah was offended. And the Bible says that when God called him to the Ninevites, he was at the highest altitude of the mountains. Pay attention, please. This is something that I read when I was studying Jonah's life. When God called him to go and bring repentance, because he was a prophet, go bring repentance to the Ninevites, I think there was 120 or 140,000 people in the Ninevites. They're like the ISIS of today. And he said... He said to them, he said to them, I, they used to have like uh, skulls of heads around the gate of all the armies that they used to defeat. So, so Jonah said, there's no way I want to see them repent. I want to see God destroy them. And isn't it interesting that when you operate in offense, you will lack mercy. Oh, yes. Now we're getting deeper. When you operate in offense, you would not be able to see the mercy of God for the people around you. Oh. When you naturally carry offense in your heart, you will not be able to see mercy for other people. Someone will say, why aren't I, mercy? why aren't I merciful towards people? Why aren't I sensitive towards people? Offense has crept in. Are we listening, someone? In Brazil, they were clapping and cheering and staying on their chairs. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I don't need that. Isn't that interesting? No, no, not that one. <laughs> not that one. Isn't that interesting that when you operate in offense, you would not be able to see mercy for others? Because it's judgmental. I, I want God to destroy them. And look, <clears throat> look, Jonah went to the depths of the ocean, the depths of darkness showing you the power of offense. If it's not dealt with, it will take you to a place where it's complete darkness. So offense allowed John the Baptist's head to get chopped off. He had no more headship of Christ. Christ couldn't rest his head because Christ wants a resting place. He says, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. There's feet and legs. He wants somewhere to rest his head. John lost his headship of Christ because of offense. And naturally, when you operate in offense, you'll forget who Jesus is and you'll also forget what he's done in your life. It's like, it's like a spell. It's like a spell is put on you. That's how much power offense has. That's why in all the scriptures, he talks about offense for a reason that you don't become a victim of it. And like I said, the greatest danger in the church today, uh, take it easy. <laughs> He's ripping the pastor already. <laughs> the greatest danger that I find today that is very true, that people are offended at the process. Why do I have to go through these things for God to expose certain things in my life? The greatest one today, the Holy Spirit hit three, three strings. 
the first one, you're probably, no, I can't think like that towards God. Fair enough. But the process, so many people indirectly take hits and blows to their hearts and they think, I'm offended at the process which is really directed to God because he disciplines those he loves. And, he, and, 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 he, and he, the Bible says he whips. The Greek word is whip. But I didn't say that today. He whips those he loves. I think sometimes we need a big whip. <laughs> I talk for myself. I won't say anyone. People say, no, you can't say that. For myself. He whips those he loves. Because when we go through the process, our hearts cannot hide behind anything anymore. We get to see it, what it really is. And there's no greater way than when someone offends you to see what your heart's really echoing. Right? Okay. Now, this gets... It's, Jesus has a sense of humor. We go, we go to Luke 17, verse 1 to 5. And I think the disciples do have a sense of humor. This is funny. Now, the only time they asked for the Lord to increase their faith was to actually deal with offense. The only time they asked Jesus to increase their faith, you think raise the dead, heal the sick, prophecy, go to heaven, have encounters, was to actually deal with offense. <laughs> You know what that shows you? That whenever anything arises in your heart, be quick to go to him. Because if you don't go to him, naturally you will turn bitter. And you'll slowly spread all through you. Right? If you don't go to him for every situation, I'm telling you, you'll become a victim of offense and it will destroy you where your head is cut off. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe, when he says woe, he's really, really lifting the standard of condemnation. Really. Like when he says woe, it's like the wrath of God. <clears throat> but woe to him through whom they do come. Next one, please. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than he should offend one of these little ones. <clears throat> Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. You know, all this is for offense. So, so the enemy is very busy having a field day with believers today because so many people are so easily offended. You know, you shouldn't say it like this, say it like that. You shouldn't speak to me like that. Like the, the, the level of offense now in the church today, it's... And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, isn't that interesting? 
that he's talking about offense. That the uh, way out of offense is faith. But what's the opposite of faith? Anyone? Distrust. Distrust. What's the opposite of faith? Unbelief. So where is offense birth from? Unbelief. Unbelief is the reason why you operate in offense. So he says, increase our faith. Isn't that interesting? We want to have revelation from heaven, revelation of the word of God. He's saying here, ask faith to keep your heart right. <laughs> because the enemy will actually come after it. And I can't tell you the things that you're going to go through in the future, the enemy will come after it, especially in the church. Especially in the church. <clears throat> now, let's get into some deep wisdom. Proverbs 18, 19. Remember, the Holy Spirit lets me see these messages and lets me put them together, not only to deliver you from offense, but to protect you in the future. <coughs> because you can become a victim of this. N not everything you hear is for the present right now, but it's also for the future. That when you do go through difficult times, you can remember what the Holy Spirit said. <coughs> A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Well, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Shows you the, the, the power of offense. Now, let me read this. <clears throat> Here in the scripture, it says that offense creates contentions. Contentions means always having disagreements. Now, I meet a lot of people. I meet a lot of people that always operate in this. Now, the root is offense. But let me show you what offense actually produces. Contentions. A person who operates in offense naturally operates in contentions. Contentions births disagreements, arguments... Conflict, disharmony, quarreling, gossip, strife, disputes, causing separation. And the real problem, it's all from offense. The real problem is offense. Next one. We go to Proverbs, uh, no, we go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 10. Now, this is very powerful. Now, look at this. He's preparing you for the day of Christ. He's preparing you for the second coming of Christ. Look how you're actually made ready and effective and strong. So when you see Christ, you have fulfilled your calling. And look what gets in the way of your calling. Look what gets in the way of your calling. The three things, offended at God, offended at people from persecution, offended with the church, offended with the process. 
book, that you may approve the things that are excellent. He's talking about excellence of faith now. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. He's talking about his second coming. Isn't it interesting that the greatest tool that will allow you to fight and finish strong is that you're not offended with anyone. And like I said, the, the most hidden and subtle one is you're, you're offended at the process. Offended at the circumstance and the process that God has to take you through to mold you and transform you. The most hidden one that no one looks at. It's that one. Uh, Proverbs chapter 10 verse 12. I have a break. Proverbs 10, 12 in the English Standard Version. <coughs> Okay, now look at this here. Oh, it's the wrong translation. So that one here says, love covers all offenses. But anyways, I'll read it out. Hatred stirs up dissensions, but love covers over all wrongs. Now, it was interesting that when offense tried to come my way, the greatest flame to destroy it was the love of God. If I didn't know the love of Christ and allowed it to manifest and mold and transform me, I would have fell victim to that. Now the person who's naturally uh, subject to offense, which comes from unbelief, truth be told, he's lacking the love of God. Because when you love like Jesus, you can show mercy, you can show compassion, and you can show love even to your enemies. Right? Mm. So the root of you being or the root of you continuously operating in offense is the lack of the love of God. Now, I can't tell you every time that I went through these certain things that tried to allow the enemy to destroy me, I was asking the Lord, teach me to love like you. Lord, come into my heart. I need more of your love. And isn't it interesting that the only time, the only time in the New Testament where they said, Lord, they said, Lord, heal my unbelief. I believe, but heal my unbelief. The only time he asked to increase their faith was to offense. Was for offense. It shows you spiritually what it does to you when it enters you. <clears throat> so love covers over all offenses. When you have love, you can triumph over the devil. You can triumph over your own flesh. You can triumph over every situation. Love is the key. It is the key. To have a successful life in Christ, it's love. And the enemy will always test your love to see the level of love that you actually walk in. And isn't it interesting that the greatest way you can test love is when you know that mercy needs to come to them. Where you actually want them to receive mercy of God. Jonah didn't want that. He wanted fire and brimstones to fall on Nineveh. 
He couldn't understand that God had mercy on a people who were so ruthless and destroying every army. But isn't that interesting? Lord, do we call fire from heaven? You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know what you were saying. Even disciples walked in that. Next one. Proverbs 17, 9. That's the NIV. Is there NIV? All right. Need to have a word after we finish. Anton? I even put a highlighter on the. <laughs> okay. All right, that's better. Whoever would foster love covers and over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Now, this is interesting because we will have issues with the body. This is more about people that are in the body of Christ. But is your behavior actually changing? Or are you actually doing the same things, the same traits, the same fruits? Now, here it's showing you that if you repeat it, you're going to separate the closest people that God's put in your life. Showing you that when you come to deal with offense, don't only deal with the offense, but actually change your behavior. Or you would lose the people that God's put in your life. Now, this is a different scripture, but you lose the people that God's put in your life. Okay. Let's go now. We're getting to the end. First Peter chapter 2. Now there's a good balance of the scriptures regarding offense. There's a good balance. <clears throat> it says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Now here he's talking about a spiritual house. You are a building. You're an investment. That's how you have to see yourself. God sees you as a building by building yourself up in the most holiest faith. God sees you as a building. Now he's showing you here what causes your building to be destroyed. He says, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Now he's showing you how you get put to shame. Ready? Next one. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, now he's showing you the definition of a disobedient believer. Here. To those who were disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of what? Offense. 
So what is a what's a disobedient believer? The one who operates in offense. And how easy it is to fall in that trap. This message is not to be taken lightly, everyone. I know it's the first week back and straight to the meat. But the Holy Spirit, we move as the Holy Spirit directs. <clears throat> a stone of stumbling. Isn't it interesting that the word offense means to make you stumble? That's the Greek definition. To make you stumble. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Wow. And can I say it like this? You may, you may not be offended at God or the people or the outside or your situation. You may be offended at your very self. Your offense is probably your own heart. Just think about it. Next one. Your obligation is to love them, whether outside, non-believers, or the people inside this church. Whether it be God, your job is just to love. Leave the judging to God. Full stop. Now, but he needs to know. He needs to be reminded what he done. Leave everything to God if you want him to take full control. If you want him to take full control and operate in the way that his word operates, don't say nothing. I stayed quiet for six years. My auntie was going crazy. Just respond to them. I said, I'm not saying nothing. I don't need to say nothing. I have love for them. So she called the police for defamation. I can't tell you what they were doing to me. And she went crazy. Why won't he respond? You know why? Because I trust the one who judges rightly. Now, you can actually trust or you can intimidate or you can try to threat or you can try to pull any card you want. God will not represent you. <laughs> he will not represent you. But if you want him to represent you, he'll make your enemies your footstool. <clears throat> My family, they became a footstool for Jesus. They follow him now. But they, they tried to be my enemies in the beginning. Because I chose to love them, leave the rest to God. Now this is a scripture about First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 23. This is talking about Jesus. We are to walk as Jesus walked. One of the main characteristics of Jesus that allowed him to be a true Christ was here. He says, when they held their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Now, if you want him to take control, you've got to be prepared to lose your pride, to lose your offense. You don't need to justify yourself in any way. If your conscience is love, 
and your heart is pure, God will defend you. You may not see it right away, but He will see it. But you must trust Him. And in the process of those who are trying to bring that against you, pray for them. Because do you really want to see Him in hell? Your loved ones, do you want to see Him in hell? Get on your knees and pray for them. Show them mercy, Lord. It begins with you. But if you're offended, there's no bridge for salvation to come. There's no bridge for salvation to come through you. God needs a bridge. He needs a bridge. He needs a door. The bridge to Stephen, from God to Stephen, there was a bridge that went to Paul. It was Stephen. Stephen was the bridge. In the hardest times, I can't speak for him because I haven't been stoned to death. But I can tell you that it's one of the highest values of love. <coughs> Don't hold this sin account, uh, against him. He became the bridge for the great Paul. Shows you the power of love and it shows you when you're free from offense. Shows you what you can actually pray. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Shows you the power of offense. When you overcome offense, you can be a bridge of salvation for Jesus to walk through and enter. Six years I said not one word. Not one word to them. Lord, teach me to love them. I pray for each one of them every day. And Jesus slowly went to each one in their room, in their dreams, and called them through other people. It doesn't matter. if it's, It doesn't need to be through me. But he actually called them. And it's a new dimension of love that I've never seen before. But Paul became Paul, not because of Ananias, because of Stephen. Ananias moved the scales. Stephen invited Jesus to his heart. But if you carry a fence, you're not the bridge. You're not the door for Jesus to walk through. Because all the works he prepared before the foundation of the universe for you to walk in. What, work, what, what greater work than bringing salvation to people? We edify, we encourage, we strengthen. But what greater work than salvation? And look at your enemy. Your enemy is to be offended. How dare they speak to that, like that to me? How dare they treat me? People were spitting on me. People were cursing me. People hated me wherever I went. That was the test that I had to go through. And the only thing that allowed me to pass the test was not to get offended. And what allows you not to get offended? Understanding the love of Christ. Jonah didn't understand. He lacked mercy, he lacked compassion, and he lacked love. Naturally, drowned him to the depth of the sea into hell where offense put him there. Yeah, well... So bless you all. Welcome back. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I encourage you. If you're a victim of offense and you've operated in it and it's crept in nearly every part of your life, Jesus can free you. But how can you free you if you can't see it? You need to see it today. You need to see it. If certain situations have trapped you and you fell into a place of offense Jesus can free you 
And the Holy Spirit gave me this message to free you and also to prepare you till the day of Christ so that you're effective. Because a person who's offended, naturally he isolates himself. I don't trust anyone. You know how I many people are, come to me and say, you know what, like, I give them a word from God, oh, you know, like, they struggle to trust. And I see deeper than that. It's not a trust issue, it's an offense issue. I don't want to be offended again. For a person not to trust anymore, he's been offended. Yes? Yes. And thank, thank God that we have Jesus. And we have each other. Our nature is not to offend anyone. A lot of people relate to Jesus, but what about us? We're his image. But so many people are confident to talk about Jesus, but what about us? No one will talk about us. You know why? Because they're not there yet. That's why. Because they can fail people, but we're not meant to fail people. And ultimately everything does come from Jesus, but what about us? Paul said, mimic me as I mimic Christ. What about us? A lot of people say, you know, trust Jesus, but what about us? We're his image. We need to be trustworthy as well. We need to be without offense as well. We need to be with love as well. What about us? But so many people say, go to Jesus, but what about us? That's the problem in the church today. Biggest problem in the church. That we can tell everyone to go to Jesus, but what about the body? That's why so many people don't trust each other. That's why the church can't be birthed by Jesus. Because everyone's telling everyone to go to Jesus, what about us? We're his image, we're his body, we're connected to the head. We should be doing the right thing by everyone. This is the problem why we struggle to birth this church here. That's the biggest struggle. I don't want to let you down. I don't want anyone to be offended at me or any of the other pastors or anyone in this place. The love that needs to be in this place needs to grow. But everyone will say, you know, trust Jesus. He'll never let you down. But we're not meant to let, you down, let um, anyone down in this place. But your expectations from God, not from man. But we're not meant to let anyone down. We're meant to love, outdo each other with honor, outdo each other with love. This is why the church in Australia struggles to grow. We are so good at saying, go to Jesus. What about us? This is what God wants to birth now inside. We are his representatives here on earth. We are a walking epistle. And we are so scared of opening our hearts to each other because we might offend each other. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? <laughs> Nothing in me wants to hurt anyone. We've got to be able to trust each other and cover offences. Why does he say to cover offences? Because someone may get it wrong. Does that mean you don't give all your heart? You give your heart. Leave it to Jesus. But Jesus wants to birth a church here, which is his body where he can rest his head, where we're trusting and loving and lifting each other up. Not go to Jesus and don't trust in the body of Christ or don't trust in believers. No, we're meant to open each other open our hearts to each other so we can work in love. That's the truth. But so many people say, go to Jesus, he'll never fail you, but we're not meant to fail each other. You see the difference? That's the, the problem we have in the church. 
But Jesus gave authority to the people who look after the church to look after him. We're meant to love. We're meant to show by example. We're meant to follow in the footsteps of Christ. And then the Holy Spirit will begin to allow us to move forward. Then the Holy Spirit will allow us to move forward. But till then, we've got to learn to trust and work with each other and move any limitations or bad traumas you had in the past of someone failing you or taking advantage of you in the church. It's not like that. He's talking about if, you, if he comes seven times to you in that day, forgive. Showing you that people may get it wrong. They may hurt you. It doesn't mean you don't open your heart. You open all your heart because you're doing it to Christ, not to man. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. <clears throat> it starts with our hearts. When you open your heart, you open your heart to Jesus alone. Then the Holy Spirit protects and blesses and guides you. But it saddens me to say something that I've been carrying for many years. I hear so many people, trust Jesus, he'll never fail you. What about each other? Yeah. That I held it, cherished it in my heart until God said you can share this with them. I cherished that in my heart many years, not understanding why people are like that. Trust Jesus, he'll never fail you. What about each other? Are you the bridge? Are you that person for Christ? Where someone can come to you and you can show them the complete expression of Christ? That saddens me. And the Holy Spirit showed me this, that the church will not be formed until this is dealt with. Now I can only tell you what I hear, the rest is up to you. But he showed me the struggle we have here in this place. Because God wants to begin to give people responsibility with spiritual gifts. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done. <clears throat> so we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. Lord Jesus, we worship you alone. You are the center of everything, Lord. And we kiss you through how happy we are that you come to us. The, the Hebrew word for worship means to kiss God. We kiss you, Lord, because you're worthy of everything. Lord Jesus, the same love that you and the Father had, make it known to everyone here where we can love each other, serve each other, honor each other, and help each other. I pray this love, Lord, manifest here, your agape love, your perfect love, where we can love each other, where Christ is manifested, where the Spirit of God rests. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person here today struggling with the three levels of offense towards God, towards man, the church and towards their process. I pray you, you free them today, Lord, from any burden that has plagued them. For anything, Lord, that has allowed them to be distant from you. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you remove that from their hearts.
anything that's blocked them from having a pure and true relationship with you. Remove that from their hearts, Lord. That the door can be opened for them to be free and to walk with you. Holy Spirit, I welcome you here. Thank you. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I pray for freedom, Lord. Because you said when, when someone, when two or more agree on something on earth, it shall be done in heaven. The greatest prayer, Lord, was to increase our faith so that we do not fall into offense. But Lord, if any damage has been done to the body today, if any damage has been done to the body today, or if anything they have been carrying regarding offense has plagued them from moving forward, I pray, Lord, by your grace that you free them. Holy Spirit, you know their hearts. You know their situation. If they're offended at you, Jesus, forgive them. Have mercy on them, Lord, because they have not known where it's coming from. I pray for their hearts, Lord, that it doesn't fail them. I pray for their hearts that they are strengthened today. And I pray for their hearts that they fall in love with you today. That they may understand who you truly are. You're the God of love. You love us to the extent of your death. Thank you for your death that gives us freedom. Spiritually, mentally, physically. Today we declare that you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love. We declare it over us today, over us and our families. And we thank you for the good work you're doing here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this word. To you, you receive all the glory because you are the true teacher that reminds us of everything Jesus said. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.